Hi everyone, welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford and he is my trusted colleague Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, we're another day closer to Packers and Cardinals noon central time kickoff week 13. Is that where we is are? Is that unbelievable? Yeah, week 13 here in the NFL season. Game number 12 for the Packers who are 4-6-1. Looking to uh, obviously stay alive here in 2018, but I want to start today's show with a little bit of talk about Devonte Adams. Not that we haven't talked about him a lot already this season, but an interesting comment. I'm going to go back to a few weeks ago when Aaron Rodgers was asked about Devonte Adams, and you know why is it that you know he's not talked about amongst the league's elite receivers? He's sort of always talked. He, he's sort of mentioned as an afterthought or maybe on that next tier, so to speak, when it comes to the national conversations, mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about. And Rodgers said, "Well." He's still just he. It's going to come for him. He just needs to have that one wow season. Well, he's got 77 catches for 1,022 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's a pretty good season. If uh, today we're already January two, right? Yeah. <laughs> but there are five games left in this season, and he's got those numbers. This looks to me like this is the wow season for Devonte Adams. And regardless of how the Packers finish record wise. If, uh, if the recognition, the due recognition doesn't come his way now, I'm not sure how it ever will. Here's what's really exciting about Devontae Adams. I, I think he's one of the real untapped gems uh, out there for the national media and um, those type of outlets to really discover because, you know, you and I have been around him for five years. Mm-hmm. He has a very confident but yet pleasant demeanor. Uh, in terms of how he deals with the media. I would agree. Um, I, I, I never want to go out and say that guys, quote-unquote, enjoy uh, the whole media process because it is a big commitment. Right. And, you know, they're, they're working 12-hour days, 14-hour days, and then they gotta, they got to intersplice this. But I don't think Devontae Adams hates it. Uh, it seems like ever since the beginning, even when the questions are really hard for him, he always embraced that. And I think uh, behind whatever the season turns into, whether it's 1,400, 1,500, 1,600 yards, 100 catches, all the touchdowns in the world, I think as that door starts to get open and people start to, to really not – I don't want to put the Jordy Nelson era in the past, but start to understand that this is the, the receiver of the future for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, I, I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised at the type of individual that they're going to be dealing with because – Devontae Adams doesn't want to be a superstar. He doesn't want to be a celebrity. But the way he carries himself and, and how he handles those responsibilities, I think, are going to endear him to the national picture whenever that day finally arrives. Yeah, I think for the most part, as much as you say, he he does enjoy some of the banter with the media. But for the most part, he does just let us play on the field, do yeah. the talking. And I think that's something that certainly the local media here in Green Bay, as we talk to him on a daily, on a weekly basis, we certainly respect that about him. I wrote a story for <laughs> our website this week, kind of a numbers-based, statistics-based story to look at things, projecting with where Adams is after 11 games this year. And if you just do the math, which doesn't always work out, but if you do the math projecting where he is, 77 catches, that's an easy one. That's seven per game through 11 games. So that actually would equate, if he keeps up that pace, to 112 receptions, which is exactly the single-season record for the Green Bay Packers held by Sterling Sharp, which he set back in 1993. Now, if you go with the yards, his 1022 right now would project to 1486 or just under 1,500. 
Jordy Nelson has that franchise record for a single season at 1519 from 2014. So you can see it wouldn't take much of an increase in his pace to, to potentially eclipse his old buddy Jordy there for that single season record. And then as far as touchdowns, he's got 10 right now. That projects to 14 or 15 by the end of the regular season. There have only been three players in Packers history with 15 or more touchdown catches in one season, and that's Sterling Sharp with 18 in 1994. That's the franchise record. Don Hudson had 17, and then Jordy Nelson had 15 back yeah. in 2011. So he's on pace. However this falls, this is going to go down as one of the most historic seasons for a Green Bay Packers wide receiver. And we're talking about this being the 100th season of Green Bay Packers football. That's saying something. It is. And, Mike, we're going to see whether or not he ends up obviously breaking that receiving record uh, in terms of receptions. But I think what's extra powerful, you think of Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Donald Driver, all the phenomenal receivers the Packers have had. Uh, over the last 25 years, but the fact that Devontae Adams needs only 23 more catches over these next seven games to eclipse 100 catches on the season, yeah, that's something that hasn't been done since 1995 with Robert Brooks, um, regardless of whether or not he pushes for Sterling for, Sharp's, for Sharp's record, record. yeah, I think it just puts into context the type of receiver he's become in this league and, and what he offers to Aaron Rodgers in this offense. And you know, I think if you ask Aaron Rodgers, if you, and even if you ask Devontae Adams to some extent, there's a lot of plays out there that he still wishes he had on top of the 77 catches, the 122 yards. But the thing I appreciate the most about the season in which he's having is the fact that there's no more of this, oh, you're three yards away from a 1,000-yard season in 2016. <laughs> it's been fun to kind of joke with him about that. And he's taken it in stride. Absolutely. But, but at the same time, it is something that's kind of been you know, held against him over the last couple years, that heading into this season and until he surpassed it in Minnesota the other night, he hadn't had a 1,000-yard mm -hmm. season as a wide receiver yet. But that's finally over and done. And he, had, you know, he was on pace for it again last year before the concussion uh, and causing him to force him to for, you know, be out of the last two games the fact that he has it now you can't take that away from him you have that forever and as much as the game has changed and there's more passing and maybe it isn't the same threshold that it was 25 years ago yeah it's still really special and for a guy like Devontae Adams a student of the game a guy that follows and, and tracks all the other top receivers watches all the film on all on all the guys that he's you know shares the position with you have to imagine that this is something that's meaningful now at the end of the day he wants to win he wants to chase a Super Bowl championship, something that he has not had yet uh, at this point of his career. The one thing that is sort of not, uh, you know, maybe the only thing that's missing right now when you look at some of the division titles and NFC title games he's been to. And I think that's what drives him. But these are the type of things that Mike McCarthy always liked to say, when you're on your back porch someday and you're sitting there and you're reflecting on what you've accomplished, yeah. Devontae Adams is going to be able to look back at the 2018 season with fondness and, and understanding that, okay, at 25 years old, with a lot of career still ahead of him, you know, this is when I really stepped up to being one of the elite. Yeah, and I got an interesting question in Insider Inbox this week that uh, a fan asked, who do I think, when this is all said and done, is going to be known as the receiver for Aaron Rodgers? Would it be Jordy Nelson or will it be Devontae Adams? And it's an interesting question because when you look back at Brett Favre's career, for instance, for all the success that he had, all the connections he had with Sterling Sharp and with Robert Brooks, at the end of the day, 57 regular season touchdowns with Antonio Freeman. I think when everybody thinks of Brett Favre and if you're going to pick one receiver, you kind of go with Freeman in that equation. 
with Adams, it was really interesting that the question came in this week because then I looked at all the numbers, and Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson surpassed the Favre-Freeman connection for total touchdowns a couple of years ago. And if you include regular season and postseason, Rodgers and Nelson had 70 touchdowns together. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, including postseason games, have exactly half right now, 35. 35 right? It's 35 and 70. So it was just, it, it was really kind of serendipitous in a way that that question came in this week. And I looked at the numbers and you kind of go, oh, 35 and 70 when you include the playoff games. And obviously, you know, whatever happens this year, hopefully Rodgers and and uh, and Adams have some more playoff games to add to the regular season numbers that I'm sure they'll put up. I'm not sure how to answer the question in terms of making a prediction. I don't like to do that, but the numbers are interesting when you look at them. It was interesting also in the fact that Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson played together for 10 seasons. Uh, that was unmatched by, I want to say it was two or three years. No other tandem in the league right. had been able to stick together for that long. Uh, just incredible longevity on both of their, uh, you know, both of their parts. The thing about Aaron Rodgers, though, that I think is different from Brett Favre, I think you can't really point out one receiver with Rodgers because there's just been so many. Mm. Uh, Greg Jennings had a phenomenal run with him. Yeah, he did. Jordy Nelson had uh, just a kinship. I mean, just some, it, just it, it is just crazy the type of um, you know wavelength those two operated on. Randall Cobb, Donald Driver got a chance to play with both of them. I think the ultimate thing for Aaron Rodgers when it's all said and done, and also a, a feather in the cap of Ted Thompson, is how the Packers were able to keep keeping the the shelf stocked at that position. Aaron uh, Brett Favre had to he did have Antonio Freeman, he had Robert Brooks, he had Sterling Sharp, but it was really difficult. It, it just seemed like other than maybe Donald Driver at the end of it, he never really had like one guy that was just there for six, seven years, and that was his receiver. Right. He a lot of times had to make it work. There were years where Corey Bradford was in there, Bill Schrader. I think what's really special about this group that they've had is a lot of those guys played on second contracts. A lot of them were able to, you know, really do some damage uh, through the air, you know, passing game for years. And I, I think that's when it's all said and done going to be one of the big trademarks of Aaron Rodgers in this offense. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, but uh, some sponsor business here. Packers fans, stop in at your local Quick Trip and pick up your Packers cup today. Get 89 cent refills on your Cafe Karuba coffee all season long. And um, we're getting close to the deadline here on this West. So definitely enter the Cousin Subs Best Seats in the House promotion. You and a guest could win a chance to kick back on the 50-yard line in style. Two pairs of lucky Packers fans will be chosen prior to each home game for this VIP experience. Enter daily now through December 16 by completing the entry form and submitting for complete rules and eligibility. Go to Packers.com slash Best Seats. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. All right, heading into this game against the Arizona Cardinals, boy, you take one glance at the Packers injury report this week, and it's Deep. like, yeah, it's like, whoa. Um, I guess we'll start on the offensive line. Um, David Bakhtiari, Lane Taylor, the two guys on the left side, both not practicing. Neither one has been ruled out necessarily. Um, Bakhtiari uh, spoke to reporters, definitely indicated he's going to give it his best effort to try to get ready to play. Um, Justin McRae, a guy who is uh, who's ready to step in at left guard, certainly if uh, if Lane Taylor is unable to go. And interesting, kind of as much as everything seemed to change for Justin McRae and that he started the season as 
a frontline guy and as one of those guys in the starting five, now he's back to being, you know, the guy that just has to be ready to run in there and take over as soon as something happens. Yeah, I wrote about this on our website too, and it was funny because is there any, you know, he, he missed time with the shoulder injury, basically missed the better part of two months. Yeah. Uh, he started the first three games of the season at right guard, held down that position throughout the offseason. They did sign Byron Bell, but for the most part, there wasn't like a direct competitor, it seemed like, for that spot. Well, he has a shoulder injury. He misses time. The Packers decide to keep that cohesiveness with Brian Balaga and Bell. And then when McCray comes back, he's been working his way back in the lineup and playing special teams. But is there nothing more nothing more poetic about Justin <laughs> McCray's story that his first opportunity to get back in with the starting offense is Byron Bell's shoe coming off, his cleat coming off in that game against Minnesota. And honestly, it was such a low-key moment because it was a, the Packers lost. Things didn't go well in the second half. But how amazing was that moment when Byron Bell, his shoe comes off. He has to make a split-second decision. What am I going to do here? So from the other side of the line of the, the hash marks, he decides to just catapult his shoe yeah. across the field. Yeah, he, fi- he fired it quite the distance. That was quite the punt-passing kick throw that he had <laughs> yeah. there. The, line, the side judge has the duck. Well, then finally they decide, yeah, you know what? You're not staying in without a shoe on. So he comes off. Justin McCray comes in. And, hey, voila, Justin McCray's back in the lineup because, unfortunately, then uh, Lane Taylor ends up having the quad injury. So Bell comes back in at his spot, and uh, McCray goes to left guard. He said it was kind of a tough position to be in because he practiced only on the right side all week. Yeah, he's uh, been taking most of his practice reps uh, since he came back from the shoulder. Most of his practice reps have been right guard and right tackle yeah. um, so far this year, and then uh, but now he's got to shift to left guard, and that's that's the job. Yeah, so he said, you know, he still wants to be a starter. He still wants to be a player in this league, but you know, this is the hand he's dealt. And he, the, the positive thing for him is he says the shoulder's good to go. He's felt good with that now for a while. So it's just about making sure he takes care of those opportunities. We'll see what this week unfolds, if Bakhtiari goes, if Taylor goes. But the one thing the Packers have been really steadfast about going back to last season and the eight starts that McCray made is that they feel good about him. If he has to go in at any of those five spots – uh, he's shown that he can handle that responsibility, especially being cold off the bench. Yeah, and where do things stand? Just give us the update as far as where things are in the secondary with uh, Kevin King, Bashad Breland, and those players who are all listed on the report as well. Yeah, so uh, King is still working his way back, still in practice, but you know how those things go with the soft tissue injuries, trying to see when he could potentially be back out there. Breland did not practice again on Wednesday. We'll see, okay. obviously, what happens on Thursday We, you know, at this point in time. Uh, with how these things shuffle out, you know, it you never know. So, yeah. uh, but they did sign another safety. Now you have Eddie Pleasant coming in, That's right. who was formerly with the Houston Texans, a special teams guy for a number of years. Also had a cup of coffee uh, with the Arizona Cardinals before being released a few weeks ago. So there's been a lot of mixing and matching there. I, I've said, I mentioned this in Insider Inbox. One of the somewhat pleasant surprises for me has been Ibrahim Campbell, um, just because this is a guy that got signed three and a half weeks ago, and then suddenly he's playing an important role in special teams, and he's playing almost every snap on on defense. Uh, I thought he showed some good technique in that game against Minnesota, given the kind of situation he was thrust into. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the biggest one, Mike, at the end of the day is Kevin King. If the yeah. Packers can get him back in there, it really – there's such a big domino effect with the secondary and having yep. him locking down one side of the field. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. One more quick thought before we go. Thursday night football – the New Orleans Saints have won 10 straight. The yeah. Dallas Cowboys have won three in a row. 
What uh, chance do you give the Cowboys to maybe cool off the hottest team in football? What do you think? It's all on that defense. It's all about seeing if the Cowboys' defense is for real and if they can take on the biggest uh, challenge I think that they face this season. Now, they get them on their home turf. I think that's big. But, you know, Drew Brees is so locked in right now, Mike. And and being able – you know, it's incredible the amount of efficiency he – you know, Phillip Rivers last week against the Cardinals – these guys that are just able to do it every single down. Um, I, you didn't play Madden. I did. Uh, they would put up this little graphic on the screen if you had five completed passes a row, ten completed passes a row. Let's just say I never got past ten. I don't know what it looked like when you got to 15 yeah. or 20 or 25. So for some of these guys to be doing what they're doing, I just think this is going to be such a big a big, you know, challenge and, and opportunity at the same time for the Cowboys to show that, you know what, we are legitimate. And offensively, Dak Prescott, since you've added Amari Cooper into this offense, has been really hot. So he has an opportunity against the Saints defense that also has given up some yards this year. So it's going to be a really good contest. Yeah. the uh, I will say this, regardless of what happens tonight, New Orleans couldn't have asked for this to set up any better in the sense that they're looking at these back-to-back Thursday games, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and then the following Thursday. And now they kind of get that mini buy heading into the stretch run where they'll they'll be looking to lock down a first round buy in the playoffs maybe home field throughout and just getting that little bit of a break this late in the season for a team that is expecting obviously to make a deep run yeah. the saints couldn't have asked for this to uh, um, to set up any better for them you know it really does stand out to me now mind you I get it they had to still play on short rest uh, you know a week ago but um, you know but the, they had a home game and they took care of business. Exactly. Yep. And then you got a you got a full week to go into the Thursday night game and then you get a week and a half going into the Tampa Bay game. Uh, it has set up really well for them right now. Sean Payton has them operating in a well-oiled machine. And my fantasy football team will have Elvin Kamara on the field tonight. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> all right. With that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.